Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. <laughs> oh man, so Tina, I'm still surprised that you don't have any candy. For no, the I don't. I don't. Yeah, I mean, we're only a few hours away. You gonna be able to sneak out at lunchtime? No, are you kidding me? I got I'm booked solid until. Maybe I can go get you some candy. I think you should, Father Nick. <laughs> I feel bad for all those kids who are going to walk yeah. by and say, why didn't she like us? Yeah. You, know? you got to have candy for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> we usually yeah. do. We yeah. usually do. Yeah. Yeah. You should get some chocolate and peanut butter type candy for her. That's what you should do. That's your favorite, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, nice. Thank you, Austin. Yeah, yeah. Just so our audience knows, we just tried recording something and we lost all of it. And uh, that's where she told me that she likes chocolate and peanut butter. So, no, but I think you're going to get it back and splice it back in. So they they will know. They what might we're talking know that. About. Oh my! Well, gosh. I hope so. I don't know what we're going to do with this file. Wow, this recording. This is like an alternate reality file. <laughs> yeah. We you should have had me call on the Holy Spirit because it often happens like that. Oh, Tina. Golly, we had you pray and now it's getting all wonky. in this environment. This is good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. So welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Vici Mundum Show. Um, we're here with Father Nick Redman. Hello, Austin. Hi. Hi Tina. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Tina here, as Father just said. Hello. And, Tina. And I'm Hello, Austin. Father. And uh, we're here to talk about uh, a really fun topic today, um, and it's we chose this topic. Well, Father Nick chose this topic per, because it's, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. We're recording this on Halloween, and tomorrow is All Saints Day, and Friday is All Souls Day. Yeah. So the topic is drum roll, please. Death. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're talking about death. <laughs> yes. Did yes. you know that it's not the number one fear of Americans is not death? Oh, really? It's public speaking. Really? I like public speaking. Number two is death. Huh. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's curious. Yeah, people are more scared of public speaking than they are of death, which maybe that's is That's so why. bizarre because they don't have any problem speaking in groups. Oh, that's true. But getting up in front of a whole group of people... And actually trying to make sense is a problem, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. This is what I've been told on, on many numerous occasions. Um, yeah. So I don't, I've not actually looked into that statistic myself, but, but when I studied communications, it was talked about a lot. Hmm. So Curious. Yeah. Well, Austin, are you afraid of death? Um, no, not particularly. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of death. Uh, okay. Are you? No, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. You're ready? Yeah, I hope so. I, I mean, I pray I pray to God I am. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm ready. Yeah, I think most people aren't afraid of death until they're actually close to death. Uh-huh. Hmm. Until they're actually think that death might be imminent. Yeah. You know, like our first reaction if we think a car is going to hit us is not, oh, good. You know, yeah, it's always, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. it's always one of fear, you know, yeah. of what might happen if this car hits me. Mm-hmm. So I think that... Um, you know, most people think, no, I'm, I'm good with death. I mean, because we all know it's a, mm-hmm. a reality. It's going to happen. And so we, we sort of make our peace with it in the yeah. day-to-day living. But I think that until it becomes eminent, then it's sort of like, well, geez, 
what is going to happen when the lights go out on this thing? Do you think yeah. maybe we were, rather than just being at peace with it, maybe we're just in denial of it? No, I don't, I don't know. I think that uh, we know it happens. We just don't know much about it. Hmm. So, I mean, we know what it, what, uh, we, I think we, we're aware of what we need to do when we live uh, and we're with other people, but um, when we die, um, nobody knows what happens after that. Hmm. I mean, we have ideas that we, um, you know, meet our maker and all of this sort of stuff, but we have no, no tangible picture to put around that. Mm-hmm. No, um, no, uh, uh, like the earth re- earthly reality, no reality to sort of center ourselves in it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You know, it's been on my mind a lot, death has been. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I go to the hospital a lot to anoint people who are near death. Yeah. And, you know, I've had people on their deathbed, you know, asked to be baptized, mm-hmm. asked mm. to be confirmed, you know, mm-hmm. Catholics. And so it's like, uh, you know, this has been happening a lot since my priesthood it since it began since i got here in newport news just lots of confronting death and, mm-hmm. you know walking on that journey towards mm-hmm. those in those last moments that you were talking about mm-hmm. when yeah a lot of people are afraid but i've what i've been finding is that most people have actually walked into or seem to be in a place of peace mm-hmm. um and i think it's because maybe the the people who are calling me to go over there already have a faith mm-hmm. and they they're they're probably uh, well protected by their guardian angel and by all the angels and and uh you know and so there there is a, a there is a sense of peace mm-hmm. about it um yeah, and you know you may know, you may know that my dad just died mm-hmm. this past july at the end of july and uh and again, a sense of peace, even about that, uh, for me and for my, for my dad in the moments beforehand, but for the rest of the family as well. So, yeah, there is a there is this there is this uh, a deeper reality. That I think it's based on uh, a faith where our soul becomes readied for mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that uh, for that last journey, you know. And and um, you know that's it's a. It's a beautiful journey if it's uh, if it's done right if it's done in faith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been my experience before, Father and Tina. I don't know if you've experienced this, but when talking about death, sometimes just with friends or family members, that um, sometimes a response I get is, "Oh gosh, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to talk about that." Mm-hmm. That um, that we don't that uh, maybe it's because we're at peace with it or something else, but it's we'd rather just not talk about it. Um, and keep going on living. Have you experienced this? Well, yeah. You know, so that's actually something interesting. A lot of times when uh, there are family members who, who I've, I've showed up at the hospital and there are family members who don't want me there because I represent death to them. Mm. And that, if, oh, if the priest comes, that means death is imminent. And of course, that's not the, the, the teaching. You know, uh, you know the, the sacraments are, you know, the sacraments are for the living, you know. And so uh, we, uh, you know, we, th- sometimes they're called the last rights uh you know that's more of an older term but uh you know that really this all the sacraments of uh of anointing of the sick is is uh aim, with the aim of of healing of body and and soul and and uh and so you know there are people who who recover from uh from that but yes people there are some people who just don't want to even be anywhere near a priest in the hospital because they're afraid that means death. And so they don't want, they, it's like they don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. Right. I think the difficulty again, for me, it's always, um, and this might just be how I operate, but there's no, um, 
uh, picture to put with it. There's no mm. sort of experience to attach to it. And so, uh, therefore, um, what do we say about it? I mean, we can say the things that we believe and we know are true um, according to our faith, uh, what happens. But really, there's... Um, you know, there's no way for us to be able to speak to an experience of that. Hmm. You know, the, uh, something else that's been on my mind is uh, kind of what you're talking about is is a, it's a cultural thing. I think our culture sanitizes death. And, uh, you know, you see it in, in that, um, you know, the... Um, in other cultures, you, you see, like you know, they, they stay with the dead body for hours, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes even days. Mm-hmm. You know, while people come and greet the family, mm-hmm. and it's it's part of the mourning process. There's a dead body there, and I and I've experienced this as a priest, where I've gone into a, a hospital room, and they were with the dead body for hours. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this was a Filipino family. Um, you know, in our uh, Anglo-Saxon, you know, white society, that's not something we do. We you know, like dead body call the funeral home cover it up out of there we don't look at it even it goes so far as at the at the burial you know uh we you don't even see the dirt they cover it over with a green with a green mm-hmm. uh carpet yeah, yeah, yeah. there's you don't see and then, then the, like the, the casket gets put into a uh into a container uh and it's like where's the dirt like there's no sense that this body a human body is going to return to the earth right, right. It's, it's very sanitized uh and but in, in other cultures like they need to feel that dirt like mm-hmm. they they touch the yeah, dirt yeah 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 throw uh, it in throw yeah, some in exactly it's mm-hmm. it's very uh and, and it, it's that connection between uh you know life and death and and uh that this you know body will become you know dust to dust we will return uh in our society we 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 don't like to think about that mm-hmm. and so there we lack those images mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. sometimes i like to think the a, a term came to me uh once um just how kind of that idea of sanitizing death um and trying to almost be disassociated with it that we lose the eternal perspective yeah uh, i think in life <laughs> that it's very easy to go through life and say, like, well, that's not going to happen. That's just something that, that we have to go through. You know, we go to the hour-long funeral, bury, disassociated, and then let's get back to the party, you mm-hmm. know, um, because it, it hurts. It's something that that when we think about it, we have to face something um, of ourselves, that mm-hmm. this is going to happen. This is reality. Um, and I think it's it can be very hard, depending on the state of our soul, to embrace reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we're in a in a, a close relationship with Jesus, it's much easier to embrace the reality that we're going to die because death signals the beginning of something better. But if we're unsure, I think it signals confusion. Judgment. Judgment yeah. and yeah, confusion. And where do I stand? So we just know? prefer to ignore it. And, right. you know, so we have a funeral is called a right. celebration of life. Right. And, uh, you know, yes. we're, it's not about mourning and really entering into the sadness of the real loss. Yeah. Let's ignore that it's a loss and pretend like, you know, let's create a hologram for this dead person. You know, let's create, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this thing that keeps the, 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 the alive, life going. You know, mm-hmm. but not, not the same right. eternal life. That we believe right. that's part of our faith. This is like a human creation. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's really good. There's a, um, uh, St. Thomas More, a great saint. He kept, when he did his morning prayers, he had a little desk. Um, even though he was an ambassador um, for the king, uh, so he was very high up. I don't think that was his term, but essentially the same idea, an ambassador for the king. So he had 
um, access to a lot of wealth, a lot of riches, but he lived a very simple lifestyle. Um, very, very simple. Uh, didn't have a lot. And when he prayed, he had on his table a crucifix and a skull. Mm. And the skull was to remind him that he's going to die. Because um, he wanted that on his mind as much as possible, that this is coming and that's who I'm going to meet. Um, and I think it's a great reminder. I've actually looked into buying a skull for that same thing, as morbid as it sounds, because I, I mean, I love that idea. I want to keep the eternal perspective always in my mind that, you know, we're, we're not here forever. We're here to know, love, and serve God and get as close to him as we can. Um, and so every minute apart from doing that is a minute of wasted life. Um, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that, that, well, maybe it's self-indulgent and it brings pleasure doing mm-hmm. something else. But if we keep that perspective, then we can we can always be brought back to, to the end of where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus you can scare your little kids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and actually, if you buy that skull tomorrow, you probably can get 50% off. Oh, that's that. true. Good that's point. true. Yeah, I, no, I, I advise that. Yes, I can probably get one, too, that every time I move, it says, like, boo, or sings a song. Or something. <laughs> sings a song. <laughs> Clacks its phones if you <laughs> Dim bones, dim bones. So now look at us. We're, we we can't talk about death. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We have to yeah, laugh. We got to make it funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got to make it funny. Come with on, songs. Austin. Let's get serious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I do have a question. Um, prayers for the dead, Father. Yeah. This is, uh, um, this is something that that the church has a long tradition and history of holding in high of holding in high, of high importance. Um, what can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, Why absolutely. pray for the dead? Yeah. I mean, it, it's something very Catholic too. You know, a lot of a lot of religions don't believe in praying for the dead. They they think it's a waste of time. You know, you know, it's like why would you do that? And, and uh, you know, th- it's a very long history. I mean, it goes back to even before Christ. You know, in the uh, in the Jewish the Jewish custom, uh, you know, you see in Second Maccabees them praying for you know the, the soldiers. He's die, He's dead on the battlefield, and then they go to you know they're mourning him, and then they they kind of uh, they look and see under his shirt he had a graven image and an amulet on his uh, you know around his neck on his chest, and it's like uh oh that's forbidden, and so they start praying for him. You know they pray mm-hmm. to God for for him that he might be forgiven of the of that sin, and and um, you know and so I mean it, and it's continued. Through Christianity, it's been the constant tradition of our church to pray for the dead. Because the fact is, none of us are perfect. You know, as great as even the saints weren't perfect. Mm-hmm. That you know, we were all sinners, and so. Mm-hmm. But you know, we are. Jesus, you know, tells us to be perfect, like our heavenly Father is perfect. Well, you know, we can't do that, but we we pray that through a purification process, Christ can make us perfect. Mm-hmm. Christ can purify us. And so that's our prayer. We, we pray for the dead that any of the imperfections that we may have carried in our lives, you know, uh, you know, any of the sins that, yeah, we, we were forgiven of sins, but we, there, uh, there, there are other, there are other things that are about us that, that were still not quite perfect. And, uh, you know, so are we returning our baptismal garment perfectly unstained? Mm-hmm. Well, probably not. So we, we ask for the prayers of of the church here on earth mm-hmm. for those who have passed, we call them the church suffering. So the church yeah. militant praying for the mm-hmm. church suffering so that they may become part of the church triumphant, mm-hmm. you know, the saints in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I love that that's a part mm-hmm. of our liturgy too, a part of the mass is to, oh, yeah. to pray for 
um, all the souls of the departed, living and deceased. And, yeah. And there's oftentimes, I, I don't know if this part of the literature, well, it is, but there's kind of the, the quiet part where we lift up the souls of all those who have died. Mm-hmm. You know, in the liturgy, right before uh, the body and blood of Jesus um, is, is consecrated, yeah. you know, it's a perfect sacrifice. That's such an awesome time and a great reminder. Um, I try to, whenever I'm not being attacked by one of my children and distracted at that time when it's said, to really think about family members, loved ones, mm-hmm. and even to, to, to say, you know, all, all those souls that are crying out right now, that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I want to offer them all up to you. Yeah. Um, Deacon Francisco was telling me about this uh, uh, this this lady who had visions during the mass. So mm-hmm. she saw a lot of like the mystical realities of what's going on in the mass. Um, and these are private revelations, so you know, take it for what it's worth. But um, this is not not like uh, church doctrine or anything for for all listeners. But I think it's really beautiful and, and shines a light on on kind of what what might be happening. But this lady who saw the vision, she said that when that part came, the uh, the ground opened up and all these souls were were yelling out their names because they wanted to be heard. Mm. Um, they wanted their name to be remembered, yelling and yelling and yelling. And then at the end of that silent part, the it, you know the ground closed up again. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so you know that there's kind of that attentiveness at that point that, like you said, Father, we're the church militant, and these souls want our prayers are begging for it because they want to be in heaven. Yeah. Um, well, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you know how the priest always has a mass intention and they say, oh, and this mass is being offered yes. for so-and-so, but that's the priest's intention. Everybody at the mass can have their own intention and really should have their own intention for that mass. And so, and that can be the living or the mm-hmm, dead. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I invite anybody who's never really thought about that. Every mass you go to, think of those people living and think of those people who have passed away mm-hmm. that you wish to offer that sacrifice mm-hmm. for this sacrifice for. It's partaking in the one sacrifice of mm-hmm. Christ on the cross. It's entering into that. Mm-hmm. And we can offer our petitions to be joined with the perfect sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, This is one of the things that I, I love about being Catholic, um, is that when, when someone dies, like when a loved one dies, uh, my wife and I we will oftentimes do this, uh, either individually or together, if, if we hear that somebody dies, um, we're both kind of like, it's go time. You know, like it's, it's not, oh, I mean, there is that, that element of sorrow, but it's also like now, now we need to fight really hard for this this person's soul because they're facing judgment, you know. And we want our Lord to have mm-hmm. as much mercy on them as possible, um, which is why I love the uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. That that's perfect when you hear somebody who is uh, who is on their deathbed about to die or has just died. Mm-hmm. Praying that Divine Mercy Chaplet is so wonderful and so powerful. I yeah, think. you know, don't even limit it to to those who've just died. Mm-hmm. Limit mm-hmm. it. I mean, don't limit it at all. Because remember, our prayers are entering into yep. a mm-hmm. timeless, into eternity. So, you know, you can go back for you know mm-hmm. anybody in your in your in the in the past, and you can even go in the future. Pray for those who will die. You know, and so uh, there, there there's a there's a, a mysterious connection between us here on Earth in time 
and that which is outside of time when mm-hmm. we pray. And so it really is a kind of a uniting of heaven and earth uh, in, our, in these prayers, especially in the Mass. Yeah, it's and, never too late to pray. Yeah. You know, I know uh, sometimes uh, something can happen, and uh, we think, oh, you know, I told this person I would pray, or I wanted to pray about that, and I just have not had time. It, there is never a time that uh, I don't think we can stop to pray and impact um, uh, something that's either past or, or something that... That, that is coming in the future. So I, I do like that that image of um, you know wherever we're at, whatever we are doing, uh, we our prayers matter, mm. um, and uh, it's never too late to pray uh, for somebody, even if it's been years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we call that where uh, where the souls where the church suffering. Uh, the term we often use is purgatory, mm-hmm. right? And this yeah. is. Um, can you talk a little bit about purgatory, Father? Maybe. Yeah, I mean it's it's um it's you know people it's a lot of people think that oh well that's not the teaching of the church anymore or anything yeah. like that but mm-hmm. it is it, I mean when we when we pray for the dead we're referring to those people who have died and who are in a state of purification uh, as I spoke about earlier because of you know whatever imperfections they may have had you know awaiting the coming of mm-hmm. the Savior in the in yeah. the last judgment, in, you mm-hmm. know, in the last in the last day, uh, and so there's this this there is a a need for purification, and so that's what uh, purgatory is. Now, is it, I mean, is it a place? No, it's it's a state. Mm-hmm. Is how mm-hmm. we would say it. Mm-hmm. It's a state of being. Remember, our souls are are not bound by. Uh, when when we die, they're no longer bound by the limitations of our body. So they're where are they? They're they're in a state of you know yeah, a state yeah, of being. Yeah. I always find um, this uh, uh, very comforting. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, for for some, I know it's. Uh, it's a place uh, that they that they don't like, they don't want to talk about, and they just don't think uh, has any uh, merciful quality to it. You know, it, it's like um, uh, they'd rather think of uh, going straight to heaven. Um, but for me, it's hopeful because um, otherwise, there's just you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, like, and so I- there's there's no you know. So for me, I think oh. Good, a happy medium here, you know, because well, like, even though you're suffering, you're completely safe. Yeah, you know, like you're not, you don't, you're not at risk at the end of uh, purgatory of going to hell. Yeah, uh, well, you so are here's safe. The thing. I I know how stained my garment yes, is. Yes, and like I don't want to show up to the wedding feast right. wearing this stained garment. I want it to be dry clean. That's right. I want it to be pressed. <laughs> I want right. it to be made nice and clean. That's right. So that when I come face to face, yes. At the end of time, with the Creator, with with the Lord, yes. then I will be welcomed into the wedding feast and not like oh, ashamed. I want yeah. to have this to happen for this sure. Happen. For sure, you know? yes. Have, have either of you read uh, Dante's um, Purgatoria? The no, you know, no, I haven't. I haven't. I, I, it's one of these things that it's on my long list. It's a conversation of... stopper. <laughs> well, moving on. There you no. go. Well, it's awesome. Tell us about it. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, you haven't read it either? I did. Oh, I did you did. Read okay. it. I did read it. Yeah. Uh, this was a, uh, a book written a long time ago. It's um, The Divine Comedy. Oh, yeah, famous. Yeah. I really want to read it. Yeah, it's very, very good. I read, um, uh, what's the the one about hell? Inferno. The Inferno, yeah. The Inferno, Purgatorio, and there's Paradiso. He was Italian. That's why I'm saying all, all of it in Italian. But um, So it basically is Dante, this wonderful writer, um, who 
who is writing about the different levels of hell, the levels of purgatory, and the levels of heaven. And he's taken through and has a guide showing him what they all are. Very fascinating. In fact, during the year of mercy, Pope Francis said that uh, that the Divine Comedy should be something that that uh, that all Catholics read during during the year of mercy because it's it's wonderful talking about God's mercy oh, and going wow. through purgatory and everything. We're past the year of mercy, but you can still read it. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. I didn't read it. Um, it's very now. I will I will say it's a very challenging read because there's a lot of references to things that don't really make sense. So you're kind of flipping back and forth to the notes and references part of the back and then also reading yeah. the actual so it's kind of a chore to read um, well I, I, I want to look I want, yeah, you I look should. forward to reading it yeah so anyway Purgatorio um, when, when he goes through that it's really fascinating because he goes through seven levels which all represent like the seven deadly sins mm. and so when they enter into Purgatory um, all the souls get off this boat and they're rejoicing they're so happy because they are going to go to heaven they know that they're going to go there um, you yeah, know, everyone so in purgatory will be in heaven. That's yes. right. That, yeah, that's there's the no, yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no worry there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they're all rejoicing, and then uh, one of the um, another soul comes up who's kind of like guarding purgatory and, and welcoming the souls, and he says, "All right, enough singing. Time to go. You know, because you need to meet your maker." Mm-hmm. So then, depending on uh, the sins that you still carried, is the level in purgatory that you have to go through. So it's really fascinating. Um, like for example, if pride was was a and um, they they go to this level first, and uh, they see what looks like just a bunch of rocks kind of moving around. Like, what what's going on? And they get close, and they can see that the souls are carrying these massive boulders on their back with their faces pressed to the ground. So for their suffering, they had to keep their heads pointed down into the dirt and always okay. looking at the dirt because in their life, you know, being prideful, they, uh-huh. they were raising themselves up. So these wow. huge boulders are on their back and they're carrying it around. Um, and the gluttonous are kind of, you know, uh, well, don't ruin hungry. it for us. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. right, just one. <laughs> That's on. it. <laughs> but at any rate, I think it's really fascinating that these souls, they're rejoicing and very happy, but they're going through this purification, you know, that that is aligned with the way they lived. And that's kind of God's perfect justice is that you're not just going to get some ambiguous sort of suffering. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, you were sinful, so here's a bunch of fire. Here's a flamethrower, the holy flamethrower. And, and not only it. that, but I think that, it, I think that the part that people forget is that it's not God who wants to inflict this sort of yes, uh, punishment important. or to, um, to say, well, you sinned, so now, you know, you get uh, punished. Um, but it's ourselves, our own choices that we have made that have created um, this distance, if you will, from God. And in order to be able to come into his presence, this has to be refined. So um, it's it's not God who wishes to do this. It's we ourselves who have who have um, we've chosen it have chosen it really. And uh, and it was you know all fine and well, you know, while we were here, but we're not here just for um, uh, the earth and in, to enjoy an earthly life. We have uh, uh, have been created uh, in a truth, and that is um, that we are the children of God. And uh, and so, you know, we, we are supp- called to uh, live a good and moral life um, so that we can be back with our Father. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there's something I've, uh, you know, it being Halloween and everything, something I've been wondering is whether the, you know, you hear about hauntings and, and ghosts and that sort of thing. I've always wondered if, and the church doesn't have an official teaching on this, but priests debate about it, yeah. uh, is whether or not those, those ghosts might be souls in purgatory just you know, crying out to be prayed for, mm-hmm. you know, to, oh, to have a mass said for them or, or that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 who knows? Because you know, it seems to be a pretty common phenomenon across the world, across all cultures, that there are ghosts. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what is that? But I was thinking, well, maybe it, maybe it would be a, a soul in purgatory you know, mm-hmm. crying out to be prayed for. Mm-hmm. Now, some ghosts are, are evil, it seems, and so those might be demons. You know, and so you have to be, you know, you have to... You have to be careful. You know? Yeah. So, so oh, yeah. Going so, into that world can get a little scary. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to talk about that anymore. But I will say, we're scared. in over our heads now. <laughs> we're not the Ghostbusters. No, we are not. And we're not exorcists. Hauntings that was just with that was Nick. just for Halloween's sake. But I, I will say, I do like. I mean, I really like the holiday of uh, of Halloween. I think it's interesting because it does put us back in touch with death. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we disassociate ourselves with. That it is a little scary. There are things in life that are scary, and there are things after life that can be quite scary as well. Um, if you know, if we're not in close relationship with Jesus, so in some ways, I think it's a good uh, a good wake up to walk outside and here's a bunch of little tiny demons knocking on your door asking for candy. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, it, it's all Saints Eve. It's all Hallowed Eve. And right, so, right, so I'm right. wondering, you know, maybe, maybe the kids maybe should I'm be dressed, way off the mark. Maybe the kids should be dressing up as saints. For sure. You know? So like, That's I don't, probably kid, I don't know what your kids sure. are dressing up as. I don't either. Because at my Robin house, Hood. at my house, the kids were never allowed to dress up as anything evil. No <laughs> witches, no devils, no nothing. So you be could be, well, or, not saints. So, I mean, they didn't, they didn't dress as saints, but you know, if you wanted to be, I don't know, a princess, a you certainly could be a princess. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> a minion, maybe? <laughs> no, they didn't have minions when my children were oh, small. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's apparently different. And I have views. all girls, so princess was always high on the list. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what Josie, that's but, what Josie's going to be. But we no ghosts, no demons, no devil. No, no, no this was okay. not, no, we did yeah. not celebrate this. What about like trolls and, no, and no, no, orcs no. and. No this. knives in your neck, no, none of this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah this is too thing. much. Yeah, the gruesome yeah. stuff's a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just for the candy after all, right? Yeah, you don't I guess. need to bring out the chainsaws and the. I mean, in my neighborhood, they'll fire them up and. And scare the heck out of oh, people. Oh, absolutely! I was an M M&M and M one year. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? That funny? is awesome. What color? Red. I'm blue. picturing red. Blue. Oh, blue, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was funny is your your joy in sharing that. You had such joy on your face. Yeah, because I was a really good M&M. Yes, I, and you know what? I think the M&Ms, when I picture them from TV, they are very happy. And they so are, I think yeah, you did yeah. make a very good M&M. Thank you. Well, we're about out of time. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Vichy Minim Show. And uh, I hope that uh, you had a wonderful Halloween. This will come out after Halloween. Um, so I hope it was great and that you didn't overstuff yourself on candy as my children probably did Um, so uh, remember to uh, share this podcast with your friends and family um, if you found it to be helpful and uh, and send us an email if you'd like vichimundum1633 at gmail.com and if you ever want to be on the show go to our website vichimundum.com 
and fill out an application. We'd love to have you come on uh, and have you proclaim the love of Jesus to, to your friends via the podcast. So until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray, pray for, for us. us. God bless you all. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you.